I can hear it in the background too. <laughs> All oh right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're live right here. All right. This is Agape Love Network. This is Omar Lyles, the life coach, founder and CEO of Agape Love Network, leading with love. Learn to deal with things that are uncomfortable and difficult in relationships. And tonight I have a wonderful guest by the name of Dr. Lysandra Barnes. Welcome. Hey, All everyone. right. Glad to see you. Uh, you know, today has just been a very energetic day to day for me actually today and i'm just actually glad to actually be on tonight with you um as i was explaining uh before we actually came live on air that you're probably one of my favorite guests <laughs> you know I now feel i feel the love yes, i'm so yes. grateful yes and so uh before we actually uh get into this i just want to let everybody know that uh agape love network is pretty much a relationship network. We deal with singles, couples, and we also deal with family issues. So um, today, we're just basically just going to be talking about uh, what does it mean to be transparent and vulnerable in relationships. And so um, the first thing what I want to do is just let everybody know who you are, introduce yourself, and just give a little bit of your background. Perfect. So I always do this, my sunshine way. Hey everyone, <laughs> I'm Dr. Lysandra Barnes. I am the founder of Royal One Enterprise, which is a women's empowerment company, equipping women with the confidence to embrace the royal one within by discovering your purpose, embracing your identity, and engaging faith tenaciously. And in order to do that, I utilize a few services. So I am a life coach certified, um, a Bible teacher, an author, a speaker, a podcaster, and a ministry consultant. Um, I'm so excited to be here. I am excited about this this topic. I have just been really, really, really thinking about it. And this is something that I think everybody really needs to talk about. So I'm ready to dive in. I cannot wait to give you guys some really good nuggets. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad that you actually put that out there. Uh, and so before we actually get into actually the subject of tonight, uh, I know that you have published an author's uh, uh, of a book so um it's called rejected uh and accepted i believe that's what it's called right rejected to accepted oh rejected to accepted oh you know mm -hmm. what because when i have posted i put rejected and accepted <laughs> like how can that happen <laughs> yeah so okay. here we go guys it's i said i forgive me everybody if i have posted rejected and accepted okay <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna uh Reject me and accept me at the same time. Right. <laughs> right. Like, uh, okay. Uh, I don't get it. All right. <laughs> yeah, so, All right. Yeah. So I'm gonna correct that. I'm gonna correct that. Thank and so, you. tell me a little bit about that book. Rejected to accept it is an empowering guide to wholeheartedness. It is my memoir, and so I walk you through my self discovery journey as I overcame various um, adversities. Some include fatherlessness, domestic violence. Um, and low self-esteem. And so I go through this process and I allow the shattered pieces of my heart to be repaired by the glue of God's love. And so I am very authentic and raw and open, just, you know, really allowing you to one, see my prayer life, because a lot of it is my um, prayer journal. And, you know, I walk you through the process of how I got into a situation of being abused. How did my father wound play a role into that? And then how did I heal from that? And so 
I think it's something that not only women can get from it, but they can, but men also um, seem to be attracted to the story because I, I look at shame, I look at guilt, I look at fear and, you know, really just lay it out there to say, this is how I felt about myself, but to see how God was with me the whole time. And he just repaired, you know, that, that brokenness on the inside. And then when you learn to love yourself, I think that was the, the place of change for me. So I encourage everybody to read it because you will find hope and inspiration it will actually um, give you tools on how to learn to love yourself and others the way God intended. Um, it helps you to overcome rejection and domestic violence. And then it also gives you healthy patterns for future relationships. Mm. And what was the inspiration behind it, though? Um, Actually, it was just the Lord told me to write it. And so Amen. I had All to right. tell my story. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it was interesting because I, the Lord told me to write a book. And I was actually going to write about Leah, the story of Leah. Um, because I, I feel like that's just, you know, although it's such a small amount, but I really, I see her story and it was just very familiar to me. Um, mm -hmm. And so I was going to focus on her and the Lord was like, nope, I want you to tell your story. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not ready, Lord. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so finally, I, you know, I must have kept the courage and the strength to do it. And I was mm -hmm. just very honest. And it was just so freeing and liberating that so many people found themselves in the pages that I'm like, okay, Lord, this is one that does provide that inspiration, that hope for those who may feel like they don't have their happily ever after, or that mm -hmm. person that feels is, is questioning themselves of like, why don't I love myself? Why am I struggling with this? You know, when will I ever be enough? This book will provide you with answers for that. So I really love the fact that God pushed me to be honest with my story. And it also helped me to be more transparent and more vulnerable in the relationships that I have that are platonic and romantic. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. And so when you was writing this, uh, what did people, what were people's responses? Um, and how, how did your family read it to anybody that was very close to you read it? And what were they saying? So <laughs> all of my family has read the book. Um, my close friends, I mean, it's out there. So a lot of people have read the book. I've yeah. gotten some great feedback about it. Um, and it is available online. You can get it from Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, um, the ebook or the paperback. So you can get that there. Um, but when they when I first wrote the book, they weren't sure. My family wasn't sure what I was going to say. And mm -hmm. so um, I was just like, okay, I'm just telling my story. And so when they read the book, it's so interesting because I just did earlier this year, I did a book, uh, book club on my book. So we went nine weeks walking through every chapter of the book. And my family was a part of the book club. So you got to see our whole family discussed the book and what happened. So the first chapter lays out my relationship with my dad. So they got to, so everybody had to share their experience with my father. And then they realized that a lot of the stuff I was sharing, they didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. um, like, for example, I shared my, you know, abuse story in chapter two. My brother had never knew what happened. I'd never told him until he read the book. And so then you could just start understanding me a lot more. And then it's like, oh, just because I don't portray that I'm broken doesn't mean that I really am. And so it's mm. really getting that conversation talking about how sometimes we put on that mask of perfection and yeah. how we make it seem like we're perfect and we have no problems, but on the inside, we're really just broken little girls. And mm -hmm. so just mm. to be able to, to honestly say, this is how I felt, this is what I did, and this is how God, me, God brought me over, it was then mm. it opened up a door for conversations to really see, um, you know, to really just see how I was, but then also to give language to other people's struggles. So for, you know, some people in my family that were saying, oh my gosh, that's how I feel about my dad. Or that's how I feel about my mom. You mm -hmm. put the words to what I needed to say. And so being able to not only free myself, but free others in the process. So you never know 
when God calls you to do something that's going to make you very vulnerable. That's going to make you have to be transparent and, and wonder what will people think about me? What will people say? Um, but then it's like, Lord, they're getting the you're getting the glory because somebody's life is being changed. So it's a funny thing. I know when somebody stopped reading chapter two, like when you read the book and you see me and you're done with chapter two, because I know that's my abuse story. Um, mm-hmm. They're like crying and they're like giving me encouragement. They're like, God, go bring you through. I'm like, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? <laughs> like, what? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. You're like, I'm reading your book. I said, let me guess. You're at chapter two. And they're like, yes. I'm like, read chapter three. Victory happens in three. Like, mm-hmm. like you got to keep going. Like, don't yeah. get stuck in one part. Um, and then it's just like, you know, being able to encourage in that moment, like, yep, I went through that, but I don't look like what I went through. God is a restorer and he'll continue to love you through the process. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's just, it's so good. It is so real. It's so honest, you know, and for me, as I read through it, even now, God uses it to encourage me when I feel like I'm getting, I'm being discouraged. And it's like, if I feel like those negative narratives are coming back, the Lord will say, wait a second, go read chapter seven. Go read chapter mm-hmm. six. You already overcome this. Let's let me remind you in your own words of what you said. So it's just really good. So I mm-hmm. say everybody go out to check it out. Reject it to accept it. If you've ever felt like you were struggling with your self-esteem and self-worth, if you've ever felt like you weren't enough, if you've ever struggled with, you know, um, your your relationships and you feel like it hasn't worked out for you, you want to know why. Check out the book. and You may find some answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I've um, had a few people. Uh, who have been involved in domestic violence uh, on this platform. So um, it's very, very interesting. Uh, I haven't gotten it yet, but I, I'm sure the hope mm-hmm. that I'm going to purchase it very, very soon. I mean, yeah. soon, 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 yeah. soon, soon, soon. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I do want to say, um, it yeah. does, it, there's a chapter in the book that answers a lot of questions um, mm-hmm. about domestic violence. So what yeah. is it? Why does somebody get involved? Why do they stay? Mm. How do I help someone? So I mm. give you those tools and like, how do I overcome? Okay. So I'll provide you with a lot of tools to overcome yeah. such an issue and how to help those. Because not only was I a part of it, but I spent three years working in the field. So I'm mm. well versed in um, in understanding abuse as it relates to healing and as it relates to harm. So um, I provide a lot of help in that area because it's something that a lot of people in the church experience and we don't know how to manage it or deal with it or even put language to it. Cause a lot of times we only think abuse is physical when there's actually mm. eight other yeah. types of abuse yes. that yes. you can experience that are just mm. as um uh just as harmful as physical abuse. It's just yeah. invisible. Mental, financial, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I taught domestic violence for like four years. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, through an organization, you know. So um yeah I, I know the deal. <laughs> I mm-hmm. um pretty much taught it and I've spoken to so many people that have actually been to it and like you could be in a domestic violence relationship and not even know it yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know and not even know it because mm-hmm. it's, and it, no physical uh no physical contact even has to be done it could be all mental so because, uh yeah. yeah and i always say that because they're like well it, he's not hitting me i say yeah but if we turn off the light and we give you the blue light, you know, the black light, and we see yeah. what's going on emotionally, you're going to have bruises all over your face yeah. mm-hmm. because yeah. those words are just as powerful. That posturing is just as powerful yeah. because it's about power mm-hmm. and control. If I can scare you into submission, you will do it. If I can mm-hmm. scare you into to yielding to me, then, you know, your self-esteem is already low. You know, you're yeah. not going to leave. You're going to feel like you're stuck. And you're going to do whatever I say. So it's about power and control. So if you feel like you are being controlled and manipulated in that relationship, it's abusive. And the Mm -hmm. same amount of 
damage that, like I said, the same amount of damage that's done with the physical hit happens with that, um, with the, mm. the psychological, with yeah. the financial, with the spiritual, with the animal, with the property, with the sexual, with the verbal, with the emotional, all of it's the same. Mm-hmm. Mm. Interesting. Uh, so now we're really just going to go into the meat of everything because uh, tonight uh, we're going to be talking about uh, being transparent and vulnerable uh, in relationships. So when it came down to the specific topic, what did you think? Um, I think that this is an area that most some struggle with in relationships. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times as we listen to so many, you know, everybody wants to have the relationship goals, right? Everybody yeah. wants to be in a relationship that is healthy, whole, and free. But a lot of times we find ourselves in situations that are toxic, unhealthy, and struggle. Like we find yeah. ourselves in those spaces and we're trying to figure out the tools of how to have a healthy happy relationship and we don't seem to know how to do that but we we know how to be physically in the relationship but we don't know how to be emotionally in the relationship so i think that once we start tapping into that emotional awareness i think that's when we'll see a lot of relationships begin to um evolve and they begin to be a little bit more healthy and then you'll get that you know happiness that you're looking for mm-hmm. yeah and so what, what does it mean to be transparent so this one is interesting to be transparent it, it just means that you are sharing your thoughts and feelings with your partner without fear of judgment or repercussion. Mm. Okay. Can you give an example of that? <laughs> so this is like telling you what I've gone through. Yeah. Just being open with my story. Like, mm-hmm. for example, if I say, oh, well, you know, I've been in an abusive relationship and it was something that was really hard for me. And I yeah. felt, you know, I, I've gone through a, a gamut of, of emotions in that relationship and i don't want to put myself back in that space i'm being transparent i'm telling you what i've gone through so i'm I'm sharing honestly the truth of what i experienced right um and then i have because when you hear those things that you for you it feels like a shame right Mm -hmm. for you it feels like it's the weight of the world it's your secret so when you start being transparent i'm being honest about what i've gone through and i have to know because when i tell you this you now hold the power in the relationship, meaning yeah. not in a negative way, but meaning will you reject me or not? Mm-hmm. So most mm-hmm. people who are not transparent in a relationship, they're not sharing anything because they don't want to give the other person power or control to mm-hmm. use that information against them or mm-hmm. make them feel weak, right? Yeah. In their mm-hmm. eyes, what is what they would say is weak. Yeah. So it's like, I don't want to share my stories with you or I'll tell you a little bit or I'll tell you something and just I'm not adding up like, so, for example, something that's not being transparent is like, oh, yeah, I had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then you Google them and you realize they had a fiance. Mm. So oh, you weren't being transparent. <laughs> you weren't being yeah. honest. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you told me something, but it wasn't yeah. the truth. Yeah. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So yeah. it's like being transparent, being honest about what was going on. Yeah. And so, it, 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 yeah. And it also involved, yeah, and it also may involve like not getting too much into, into the detail. Yeah, I mean, you could still be transparent with what happened. Um, but, yeah. but I think, so then that talks about having the right boundaries of when do I yeah. share the deeper parts of it? Because mm-hmm. I think that's another thing, and we'll go go talk about that, is when do I share my personal story? Mm. And how much do I share? Yeah. Because yeah. I think sometimes it's unhealthy if I meet you on the first date and you just, I'm so transparent, I, I want to tell you everything. <laughs> like I got to tell you everything. Well, your motive behind that is fear. 
Mm. And you think you're going to be rejected. So you're expecting rejection. So what you're doing is I'm just going to, you know, just tell you everything up front so you can make a decision to reject me right now or not. Because I'm already guarded. So I can say whatever. If you leave, I don't care. You can just walk away right now because I've given you all that I have, expecting you to reject me because when I did this before, somebody left. And the thing about it is that you just don't have healthy boundaries. That's Yes, mm. you're being transparent, but you're being unhealthy with unhealthy boundaries as well. So you have mm-hmm. to say, know when to share, know when the space is right, and then know that it's being reciprocated as well. Yeah, because you see a lot of times they just unload with just everything on the first day. And you're just like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> we didn't even get to the second or third date to talk about all that. <laughs> you know, and I stopped people. I remember I dated this guy and he stopped trying to unload. I said, wait, wait, wait. Let's talk about this at date five. He's like, but I just want to take, no, no, no. I shouldn't know what happened in third grade when you fell off your bike. It, it's too soon for that. Let's get to date five when we've actually built some type of foundation where I want to open up to you. And I feel like this is a space that's going somewhere so that you can then trust me with what you're saying. Because that's when people say, well, I trusted somebody and they did me wrong. It's because you trusted in the wrong person before they showed you that they were trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Before that. So it's like you have to know that you are enough that I can share when I'm ready but also seeing that this is something that's healthy for me and having mm. those conversations of, well, how, how do I show up in this space? Mm. And, and you know what, the timing is really most important. Uh, Cause I like me in order for me to be transparent with somebody, I have to be led by the spirit, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and giving out information and sharing that kind of information for me to be transparent with her if I was in a relationship you know, so, um, and, and you know, you have to be in a in a, in a, um, a situation where trust is earned that mm-hmm. I would have to share that kind of information to her and it has to be reciprocated, you know, yeah. between the two of us at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it's interesting because here's a way to tell how transparent you are. When you start talking to somebody and they say, how are you? How do you mm-hmm. respond? Uh, well, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing fine well, today. You can say, I'm fine or I'm good. Even if you don't feel that way, how do you respond? Yeah. Like, how are you? If I don't feel good, uh, I'm good. I'm good. That's not being transparent. No, yeah, about yeah, honesty. Yeah. Honesty mm-hmm. is saying, honestly, like, how are you? You know what? I, I don't feel my best, but I'm going to be okay. Yeah, I'm there being you go. honest about how I really feel. I'm not telling you what yeah. you want to hear. I'm being honest about what I feel. I'm being transparent, right? And so that's the thing is like walking in that space. And then it's like, you know, so you can be transparent. And that's an easy way to start, you know, working on your transparency. How do I be a little more open? When Mm -hmm. someone asks me how I'm doing, tell them how I really feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can a lack of transparency be um, harmful in a relationship? Absolutely. Because... Everyone wants to know the truth. Everyone wants to know where you're going. Everybody wants to know what's going on. So it's like you can feel when one person is open and one person is giving and they're not receiving Mm -hmm. anything, they can tell that there's a wall up, there's a block. And then it's kind of like in that conversation, it'll be a little, the other person will be a little defensive. They'll be a little closed off. They're giving one word answers. And it's like, wait a minute, what, what is this? Like, I feel like there's a wall right here. Like, as I'm trying to get close, you're kind of pushing me away or there's just like, I'm just hitting up against something. And then it's like, yeah. okay, either you're going to have a fix it mentality where you're going to say, oh, I can try and fix them. 
and then mm-hmm. work on them to open up and share more and do all this stuff. Or you're going to say, you know what, we're going to have to have a discussion to say, hey, I'm noticing that as I'm opening up to you, you're not opening up to me. How do you feel about that? Are you pretty open? Are you transparent? Are you honest? Tell me about your emotions. And if they don't want to do that, then somebody will say, unfortunately, you are not emotionally available for me. So I'm going to go find someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and you know something, uh, speaking of that, um, that wall, um, a lot of men, you know, like me, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of sometimes a lot of ladies always ask the question, how like how come men shut down? Mm-hmm. And it varies from guy to guy or man to man. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes men shut down um, for collective reasons. Um, they may do it on the occasion that they're trying to collect their thoughts, you know, and they're trying to find uh, some time when they'll be able to reveal that self because simply because they're not ready mm-hmm. uh, to give an answer at that particular moment. And a lot of ladies always ask the question, why didn't you ask, why didn't you tell me this earlier? You know, mm-hmm. because maybe he just wasn't ready, <laughs> you know, and he's trying to deal with his situation. He's trying to deal with his emotion because a lot of times, a lot of men, we have a lot of pride in ourselves, you know, we're in our sunken place. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting for that moment to open up to where we can be transparent and vulnerable to, uh, to explain whatever that is going on with us at that particular moment, you know, mm-hmm. you know, so that's just something that many of them never really think about. That's true. But I also, I like to push back and I like to push back men a lot because it seems as though it's okay for a man to be closed off and it's not okay for a woman to be closed off. And we're saying you need to be open. Then I think it's a lot of men need to do their work. To yeah. no, no, I shut down about this. Yes, I do that. Then that means you need to go in and start working so that you can be open and honest and, and transparent and, and and vulnerable in those spaces. And if you don't have words, express that saying, you know what? Let's table this conversation for right now because I need to collect my thoughts. Mm-hmm. That is different than not saying anything. So it's yeah. like we can't keep giving men excuses for being emotionally unavailable. And then it's like, well, that's just how they are. That's not okay. Because it is not. Every, yeah. everybody has to do their work. If women have to do their work, men have to do their work as well. Mm-hmm. I know we all don't want to do it, but in order to have a very healthy relationship emotionally, we all have to do our work because we're all bringing we're all bringing something, our wounds mm-hmm. to the table. And so it's like if I've done my work, and then see, here's the thing: it's like it's important to do. Everybody has to do their work because my wounds may be rejection and abandonment, right? But if mm-hmm. you are now shut down and because you haven't done your work, the way that you respond to me triggers my rejection because you are not open. Mm-hmm. So now we're having a problem that now you're bringing me back to an unhealthy space because you are unhealthy. And so it's like mm-hmm. you're triggering me. So it's like it's OK to have your wounds, but I have to have somebody whose wounds don't trigger my wounds. Mm-hmm. So it's like we both have to do our work so we can be thinking of the other person. So if I'm coming into this space and saying I want a relationship, then that means I have to do the work so I can be present to be ready to trust, to be ready to be honest, to be ready to be vulnerable with the other person that I come in contact with, seeing that this may be a good fit for me. But if I'm already guarded, then why are you here? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, you do make sense. And so the thing is that they do have to work on themselves in that specific area in order to make it work. Because mm-hmm. if you're shutting down, the conversation will never 
um, be reconciled because you're not available to speak, you know, at all, you know? So it's just like uh, one person is giving in and doing the work to try to make things, you know, um, keep going while the other one is just sitting there doing nothing and moping. Um, But I have to say, I, I have seen women do this now, not as much as the men, because sometimes some ladies will will go on a little hiatus <laughs> and mm-hmm. not talk either, you know. Mm-hmm. But the majority is a lot of guys. Yeah, I, yeah. So, I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying women are excused from from. Oh being yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Yeah, no, women are emotionally unavailable just as much as a man is yeah. emotionally <laughs> unavailable, or men yeah. are emotionally unavailable. Um, I think that if you're trying to go into a relationship, I think you need to do the work. And for myself, I say that to myself all the time. Before I engage with somebody, I need to go down my checklist. Am I ready to be open? Am I ready to be yeah. honest? Am I ready to give grace? Am I ready, mm-hmm. you know, to take my time and really get to know somebody? And mm-hmm. do I really want somebody to know me for who I am? Do I have yeah. any fear that is going to talk me out of this? Am I going to self-sabotage? Really mm-hmm. finding out what do I struggle with? to see, am I ready to come out there? And mm-hmm. I know that you're never going to be, you know, 100% perfect and, and out there, but you have to have more victories than you have, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. than you have your negatives. So I can lean into more of my positives. So it's like mm-hmm. when I do feel those insecurities come up, I have enough of my positive affirmation yeah. that can mm-hmm. then silence that negative thought. Does that make sense? Makes a whole lot of sense. 100 <laughs> percent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. You know, um, uh, th- this is a really good conversation. Everybody out there uh, tonight, we're talking about um, being transparent and vulnerable uh, in relationships. And we have Dr. Lysandra Barnes that for those who have actually tuned in. And so I just wanted to keep everybody updated if they just came in and want to know what we were at what we were actually talking about uh, tonight. And so this is a really wonderful conversation. Uh, and I hope that people are out there are actually learning something from this. Um, and a lot of times people are very, I, I'm going to go into the vulnerability okay. of the relationship part, because we, we talked about the transparency. Uh, but when it comes down to vulnerability, um, wh- where does that stand with you? I think you have to be vulnerable in relationships. I think, again, it builds to that point because when you're being vulnerable, it's the truth behind what you're saying. So vulnerability and transparency are like twins, almost. Mm -hmm. They're like fraternal twins, which they are both the same. They're very similar, but they um, are still a little different. So we said transparency is how much information you share, right? And the truth of that, the the Mm -hmm. vulnerability is the truth behind the word. So I'm sharing, I'm opening myself up to you with the story, with my yeah. past, with the things that I hold dear to me. That's where I'm being vulnerable. That's why I'm sharing my fears. I'm sharing my my insecurities. I'm sharing the things that I I don't want you to see because I'm not as strong in this moment when I when I'm being vulnerable. When I'm being vulnerable, I have let my guard down. That is what vulnerability is, letting my guard down, letting you into my space. Letting you see me for who I truly am. And so mm-hmm. that takes some time. And I don't just walk up to mind and say, that's why when we say, oh, I'm telling tell you everything on the first date, that's not healthy. Because I have to make sure that I trust you and that you can come into this space and you're not going to do damage to me. Mm-hmm. 
So if I'm quickly wanting to give myself, I quickly want to share my heart, I quickly want to be in love, I quickly want to give, that really shows that I'm not healthy. Because I haven't I haven't valued myself enough to say, wait a minute, do you are you worthy enough to enter into this space? Mm. And then once I've seen that you are accountable, once I see that you are a safe person, once I see that you are, you know, consistent in my life and mm. you are treating me well. Now I can say, and we're going somewhere, right? That you made your intentions known, that we're in a relationship, that it's time for us to start building and being open. Now I can start sharing with you some more deeper things. Mm. And that's why relationships are for grown folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for grown and mature folks. Because in order to get through and to navigate through a lot of this, there should be a lot of trust, respect, mm-hmm loved um, and willing to open up with one another and to communicate with one another on a mature level. Because if you can't do any of that, then you're not really ready to settle down and be in a relationship. You're not even ready for marriage. You know, people coming in with their attitudes, the lifestyle that they once lived when they were single, and they're bringing that into a sacred space between you and him or her you know, and him, Mm -hmm. you know, to have, you Mm -hmm. know, because you're not going to make it through round two. Round two is, you know, the marriage. (laughs) Right, right, right. And so what I like to to point out is that I I say this a lot because I know I've been, I've been this person before. So anything that I say, I'm I'm talking about myself. So I can, I can be honest, right? I can Mm -hmm. be transparent and open because I know where I've come from. I've done my work. So I'm not ashamed of anything that I have to say. And so... I think about we talk we you can notice that in our society we're a lot quicker to be physically intimate with someone before we are emotionally intimate with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? We go through you got to jump through, you know, a a pond or a river full of sharks and a moat and a castle that's, you know, all this stuff. It takes you forever to get to somebody's heart, right? But mm-hmm. yet I can open my whole soul to you when I sleep with you the first day I meet you. Or, you know, within those weeks. And then it's like, but why am I so quick to give my body to you and not mm. give? And it takes you so long to get my heart. You should use that same amount of patience that you use to open up. You shouldn't mm. open up nothing. Mm. Because if you can't trust them with your heart, then you shouldn't be able to trust them with your body either. And so that mm. for me shows me where I'm at or where you are. Am I emotionally available or not? Because if I am emotionally available, I'm moving slow. No, I want to know you emotionally before I know you physically. But if I'm moving physically fast and not emotionally fast, that means I'm emotionally unavailable. I don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. I want to experience what I think it should be like with the intimacy, but without doing the work to get there. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it's taking that time to really think about it. Am I available enough to share my heart before I share my body? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something to think about. Yeah, very much, because I want to be in a space where I can be emotionally available as well, Uh, because you're sharing your heart with them. You're sharing your life with them, and you're trusting them with the words, uh, your life secrets, (laughs) I would say, too. And Mm -hmm. let's just say hypothetically that you break up in a relationship. All your secrets go with them. You know, <laughs> yeah, and everything, that's why, yeah. yeah, 
but you gotta, <laughs> that's the thing. That's why it takes time to before you open up. It yeah. takes time to build that trust yeah. because I I can share what I feel comfortable sharing and make sure that you're sharing what you feel comfortable sharing and just having to communicate the conversation to say, hey, you know, um, it, it, as a conversation I get a little deeper. Like, you know what? I'm really not ready to share that yet. Or I'm ready to share this. Or if I'm telling you this, I'm telling you this in confidence. So even if we decide to break up, you know, let's still keep confidence of what I shared with you. But mm-hmm. I think the other part is that you have to just, I shared it. I have, mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed of what I shared because I've dealt with my stuff. So it's like, mm-hmm. yes, some people I've told my story to. Okay, they're gone. If they post it online, everyone already knows because I'm not ashamed of my story. I've done the work. There is no yeah. fear. There is no shame. There is no guilt. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that's holding over my head saying, ooh, they're going to find out you're a fraud if so-and-so say something. No, because mm-hmm. I dealt with it. Mm-hmm. I dealt with it. So I'm sharing mm-hmm. what I've dealt with. So I'm mm-hmm. not afraid if the information comes back out because everything that I did, I made sure I did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, I have to be very honest. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm being transparent, too. <laughs> yeah. Come on, transparency. Yeah, right. Uh, I have fear that as well. You know, mm-hmm. at, at one point, because I said, man, if I start telling my stories, uh, how are people going to view me, look at me, or am I going to be judged out in the open? You know, that kind of thing. And I see this happen a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and people do get judged. And I think that's what really scares a lot of people. Nobody really likes to be in the limelight. No one likes to be embarrassed. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I think when I was when when I was writing my book, I was so stuck on the they syndrome. What would they say? What yeah. would they think? What will they do? Now, when I was in my abusive relationship, we were in college and we were at a church. I was in leadership of the church. And um, <laughs> after it was like ready to get out of the relationship, one of the pastors did an altar call. And I talk about this in the book. And he was like, somebody in here has been... Um, sexually assaulted and mm. i was like he's like you've been assaulted you need to come down to the front and we're gonna pray with you and mm. my heart is beating fast and i was like lord no i am not telling nobody nothing i've already i'm not i'm not doing it like lord i'm just bargaining with god and my seat like lord please don't let me go up there like please i promise you i live right i do whatever you say i'll do i'll, I'll do whatever it takes i don't have to lose my position in the church that people will look at me differently all this stuff and he's like no Mm-mm. it's time for you to start telling the truth. You said you was ready to tell the truth. Let's tell the truth. And so mm-hmm. I, I was like, okay, if he said one more time, I'm going to go because he was about to be done. He was like, I'm waiting one more minute that you need to come down here. So I go to the altar and yes, people start looking at me differently when they found out that I was in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. I think it was more of my own shame than anything else. Because mm-hmm. everybody at first is, is surprised. But I think for me, it was the guilt and shame that I had that it was like, oh, my goodness, everybody's looking at you differently. You're looking at yourself differently because the covers got pulled off of what you've been doing secretly. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, OK, now you need to do the work. Now you need to be set. You know, I had to be set down, which was the best thing for me. And a lot of times, you know, I, I had I needed that. I needed that because I had to learn integrity. I had to learn that when God puts a call on your life, you have to guard it and do, and do it well. And so I learned integrity, but I started doing the work. And once I started pulling all the stuff up, and the Lord said, write this book. I was like, Lord, I cannot tell people my business. The whole world's going to know I didn't love myself. The whole world's going to know I was abused. The whole world's going to know what I was struggling with, with my dad. The whole world's going to see me differently. And he was like, but if any woman be in Christ, she is a new creation. 
So if you and me, you're not that person anymore. So why are you going to let the fear of the past hold you captive when I've set you free? I was like, oh, okay. Well, then let's walk through this, this process of healing and freedom together. So then I can look at the enemy and take away all of his tools that he had holding over me. And so God took me through a process of identifying the lies, fear, shame that the enemy would use on me every single time. Every time something came up, it was one of these four things that he would use. And, and I will always just quiver in fear. I will always back down. But when God started giving me the words to speak over myself and a new revelation of who I was and a new mindset, that changed everything. Where now the enemy no longer can say, oh, they're going to find out this. Oh, you're not loved. Oh, you're rejected. Oh, you're abandoned. Oh, you are a fraud. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. You don't have that power over me anymore. I have the victory. And so I just want to encourage anybody in this moment that is struggling with that of the what ifs and I'm not afraid. I'm, I don't, I'm not ready to open up yet. Take your take it to the Lord. Let him start doing the work in your life. Get you a counselor. Start doing the work to understand what's going on on the inside. What happened? What's that lie, fear and shame that you're holding on to that is bigger that you that has been made a bigger presence in your life? Then the healing power of God, then the healing power of, of your story and let God and your counselor begin to to um, create a new story for you that you can then embrace and walk in victory to say, you know mm. what? We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And this is what God has brought me through. Mm. Mm. Awesome. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, have you have I know you minister a lot. Um, are, are these um, are, are these actually flowing even through a lot of the sermons that you that you minister about? Do you you know? Yeah. So I'm called to hurting the hurting woman or yeah. a hurting man, like anybody that's that's dealing with wounds and hurt and, and hurt feelings and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's who I'm called to. And yeah. so I'm called to those who are struggling with their self-esteem and self-worth. They are yeah. struggling with being loved and feeling like they're enough and really trying to be emotionally available, really. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because you, you've experienced heartbreak that you didn't ask for. You've experienced the rejection that you didn't, you know, you didn't ask for. it. And it's just like, what do I do now with all of this pain that I'm carrying and this weight of stuff that's happened to me? And so, you know, with that, although I may be talking about a different topic, I always bring it back because we're all dealing with something. We're all struggling with that one thing. And if I can just let you know that it is, you are capable of overcoming that. That thing no longer has to be so big that it cripples you from living your life to the fullest and being the person that God has called you to be, to live your destiny. Because there's mm -hmm. so much victory on the other side. And I mm -hmm. always try to let people know that. And I want to empower them to reach their full potential. Mm, awesome. Um, you know, there's one other question that I really just want to ask you. And, um, uh, okay, uh, here it is right here. Um, have you, well, I, well, of course you have, but, um, in, in your relationships, um, how have you been transparent? You know, I'm, I'm transparent with everybody. I'm transparent with my platonic relationships. I'm transparent in my romantic relationships because I'm just being honest. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of judgment. I'm not afraid of repercussion of anything that I say because you have a, you do have a choice to reject me or not. That's mm -hmm. okay. Everybody has a choice to decide, you know what? What you offer is more than what I can handle. 
But what mm. you've gone through is more than what I can handle. I don't want to do it. That's absolutely fine. But I don't have a problem being transparent because I am okay with who I am. Like, I love Sandra so much. I have done so much work <laughs> to love mm. her that I am not going to back down for anybody. I'm not putting yeah. anybody else and making anybody else bigger than I am. So mm. if I'm coming into the space, I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm set free. So that's what I'm coming into it with. Hey, this is just who I am. I love me and I'm I'm here. Ask me a question. Mm. I'll tell you the truth. Mm. I know that's right. <laughs> so um, I, I want to. Um, uh, well, it, I, I actually posted this, this today. Mm -hmm. um, I was looking for someone uh, who was an author. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you are. Um, you have a seminary background. So mm -hmm. what I wanted to actually do was go through some stories uh, in scripture um, reflecting on relationships and um, in light of today. And I'm going to ask you about that if you want to, you know, take part in it. doing that. Yeah, Let's I would go. love for you to lead that. All right. <laughs> All right, I got you there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this has been, really been a wonderful conversation so far. Uh, and so uh, we're just going to not be on here too long now, but I just want you to give three to five minutes um, just covering everything that we've talked about today and just give a little word of inspiration uh, to individuals that are um, that would like to know about being transparent and vulnerable in relationships. Okay. So this whole time, we have had an amazing conversation about being transparent and being vulnerable. I love to say transparency and vulnerability are fraternal twins, right? They are very similar, but yet they're still different. We want to show up transparent, meaning that we want to be honest with what we say to our you know significant other or to our close kind of friends or wherever we, we go. I mean then we want to be vulnerable. We want to be able to open up and put our guard down and share our you know our stories, our lives with other people. And you know we might have a hard time doing that if we've experienced wounds in our life. We've experienced heartache. We've experienced um you know those things that that left us hurt and vulnerable, right? And we don't want to do it again because when I put myself out there I didn't receive acceptance. I was rejected and I don't want to do it again. I understand that fear because I've been in that place before, but I just want to take the moment and encourage you. I want you to know that you are enough. I want you to know that you are loved. I want you to know that you mean so much to God and that he is there to replace and to repair the shattered pieces of your heart with the glue of his love. And I, I encourage you to take a moment to really begin to sit with yourself and ask yourself, why don't I want to open up? What is it about me that makes me nervous to open up? What happens in that moment? And then really begin to take it to God and start sharing those stories. And even if you need somebody to walk with you through that process, I encourage you to get a counselor. Now, I know in some communities, we feel like counseling means you're crazy. That is so not true. We want to debunk that theory that going to counseling means that you're crazy. You're actually getting somebody that's going to be a sounding board. That's not going to judge you. That's not going to you know, shame you for your experiences. And then it gives you a space to release all of those things that's happened to you before. And it actually provides you with a framework that's going to heal your life. Not only that, you can have a spiritual aspect that will as well. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And you allow the Lord to begin to heal that 
brokenness. And then he will give you a new mindset. He'll give you the tools that you need to rewrite that identity narrative where, yes, you may have feel broken and abandoned. And you hear those negative narratives from the enemy saying that you are rejected or you're not loved or you're not wanted. But God will tell you, you are accepted, that you are wanted, that you are needed, and that he'll rewrite your story, that you can then take that thing that was broken. He will mend it. And then he will allow you to speak it to thousands of people so that then that will now become your testimony. And like we said before, you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. How much victory will you have in that moment when you can see it again and say, that is not who I was. I was afraid. I was broken, but now I am healed and I am victorious. So I just want you to know that in the time of trouble, God said he will hide you in the secret place of his tabernacle and take that time to do your work. I know we don't like to do our work. We like, forget it. I just want it quick and easy. I encourage you, if you feel like you are more physically um, intimate without being emotionally intimate, take it off the table and start doing your work to be emotionally intimate. First with yourself. Who am I? Who am I called to? What am I called to do? What do I like? What don't I like? What took my heart? What broke my heart? Lord, help me heal my heart. Let me be ready for the relationship that I desire. Help me to stop making those same mistakes that I keep making. Help me to stop self-sabotaging because I don't feel like I'm enough. And then let God begin to heal your heart. I keep saying the same thing over and over because I feel it so strongly that you can do it. You can heal. You can be free because the one thing you want the most, it's blocking you because you don't want to do your work and you can do it. No, you're not going to be rejected. Well, I mean, you may be rejected, but that's okay because we know that rejection is God's protection. Sometimes the people that we want in our lives, God's hearing conversations and seeing things that you haven't seen. And he's saying, not my child. That's not the right person for me. I need somebody that's going to love you just as much as you're going to love them. So keep trying, keep doing the work and see God show you and show himself strong in your life. So I want you guys to be empowered. I want you guys to be encouraged. I want you to be uplifted, that you can do the very scary thing um, of being um, transparent, that you can do that very scary thing of being vulnerable and you will be accepted and you will be loved. And one thing I encourage you to do is to just wrap your arms around yourself and hug yourself and love yourself and begin to even journal. Journal about how you feel so you can start opening up to yourself so then you'll know what does it feel like to be open to share it with others. So. If you want to do a session with me, you can. I am a certified life coach. I help those who are struggling with rejection and um, self-image concerns. And I use the Royal One Method and we will help you to um, repair that shatteredness. We'll help you to build your confidence, engage your faith, and also um, learn to love yourself the way that God intended. So you can um, find me on Facebook at Dr. Lysandra Barnes or go to my website, uh, royalmoneenterprise.com or lasandabarnes.com. I would love to assist you there. Amen. Amen. That was really, really good. You know, I don't even have to ask you now about <laughs> about your, everybody find where, where they want to find you on social media. Oh, <laughs> you, I forgot that. It. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram too. Follow me on Instagram at MissRoyalty143. All right. <laughs> That was really good. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very, very much. Um, and uh, this is going to actually be um, shared and streamed uh, on YouTube as well. So uh, all those that are out there uh, at this particular moment, if you're on YouTube, please, please, please subscribe to Agape Love Network on YouTube. Like, comment, 
and share as many times as you want. If you're part of any groups, anything like that, any other pages, even on your personal profile, or share amongst your friends. Uh, you can do that as well. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, and before we end this off tonight, you know, I just want to say thank you uh, for being part of this conversation. Um, I truly appreciate you, and we're going to follow up with what we're going to be talking about, and it's going to be on your timing, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, and also, uh, I want everybody to please, please go out there and get my new book, Leading with Love, Letting Love Lead the Way. It's on Amazon.com. This is the book right here, okay? Please go out and get it, Leading with Love, Letting Love Lead the Way, all right? Uh, it's about um, uh, the key to having a successful relationship with friends, family, and in your marriage, you know, it's a guide to help those who are struggling with learning how to date and uh, also maybe struggling in their relationships, in their communication, and also uh, helping those who are already in their marriage and how to actually have it be better, I would say. <laughs> so, um, so that's what it is, leading with love. And so uh, also, if you want to find us, uh, you can just look at this little ticker at the bottom. You see uh, Agape Love Network uh, net, or you can go also to my personal website, Omar Lyles, the Life Coach. Okay, dot net, and that's pretty much it. I, I thank you, Ashley, for actually being here on tonight. You know, for you to just stay on just for a few minutes afterwards, and uh, I appreciate you uh, for coming on. So everybody out there. Uh, in uh, Facebook land, YouTube, social media land. Uh, thank you for actually tuning in tonight. And I appreciate you. And be a lookout, even for our, our next one. I'm sorry. Um, uh, before I go, on November 10th, we're going to have Design and Build the Life that You Want. Wednesday, November 10th at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Her name is Dr. Carla Renee. She's a life architect, and she's also an affirmationist, okay? She's going to be here on November 10th. And also, I'm going to be having Love, Crossing Con Love Across Continents with uh, Reverend uh, Isis Ajay and her husband, uh, Michael uh, Kofi uh, Ajay, as well. And that's actually going to be on... November 11th. So stay tuned for that too. Have a wonderful and blessed evening here on Agape Love Network.